All right, y'all, welcome to another episode of the Good News Cast. Good to be with you as always. Today we're diving into how, when, if to uh, leave a church or leave your church. This is, we were kind of uh, putting together our thoughts, obviously, um, before hitting the record button. And uh, as I was kind of sharing with Jeff, realized that we're really starting uh, from a lot of the place of where a lot of people are at. They're already in the tension of asking yeah. this question. We don't have to make up or think of a bunch of reasons. Kind of what I want to do is almost try to start where we see a lot of people at, which is what are the tensions people feel at their own church? What are the things coming up that are making them ask, should I leave? Um, and, yeah. and, and is this a legit reason to leave? I've been through this personally um, uh, years and years ago. And so this is an issue I care a lot about and helping Christians think through. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that is what we are going to dive into. Um, we have some disclaimers though, right? Or we have some like common, common ground, common sense starting points. Like certainly we're assuming that all these churches believe in the apostles creed in the most, um, core, uh, foundational, essential uh, beliefs of um, the Bible, of Jesus, of the Trinity, of sin, uh, of redemption, right? Yeah. Uh, of some sort of consummation or whatever that eschatology looks like. But we're assuming, like if you were in our tradition, it would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I affirm the Westminster Confession of Faith. Yeah and all the the major councils of the church like the apostles creed and stuff like that so we're assuming that we're not yeah. it's obvious if a church doesn't believe in the trinity or says yeah. there's four persons in the trinity it's like you know run for the hills correct yeah yeah exactly so again when we talked about how to choose a church where we are we realize that in any most cities towns you go to um you know, there's multiple churches to choose from yep. that have orthodox beliefs. Yes. So in the same way, we're making the same assumption here that, uh, that that that's the easy stuff, right? Like if your pastor stands up and preaches about God, the father, God, the son, God, the sister, you can bounce, right? You don't, you're not going back. Correct. That's the easy stuff. You get the primary, you know, you can talk about primary, secondary issues. Primary theological issues are, are you suddenly learn or out of whack. You didn't know. Um, that's really easy. You just don't go back. It's just, it's just easy. Right. <laughs> so it's a harder conversation because in a lot of ways we're talking about secondary issues. We're talking about leaving, uh, a church family of Christians. Yeah. Um, so, so they're Christians. They're, they, they believe in Jesus like you. They're, they're Christians, which makes, which makes this harder because, because really what we're going to riff on and try to talk about is, uh, how do you know when, this secondary issue yeah. uh, rises to the level of leave. And it's like, what is that? I mean, we're probably saying here that there's the, we're just going to use a metaphor continually here. The image of smoke, you just, you're starting to cough. You're starting to choke mm-hmm. a little bit. You're opening up some windows. You're starting to get uncomfortable. And so what we're talking about here is, okay, so what's the fire? And I think it's very important for, if this is you, if you're, opening windows and you're having to vacate some rooms because it's too full of smoke and it's too scratchy in your throat, it's irritating your eyes, it's making your nose run, um, you need to find out what the fire is for your sake and for the church's sake because even what we're going to ask 
you to do probably practically is to have, once you've identified the fire, to have honest conversation with the leadership or someone in the leadership to seek to understand and to be understood. So that's where we generally are going to tell you to go. So what is the fire? Is it just your preferences? Uh, Are those preferences um, insurmountable? Um, Is it relational conflict? Uh, I think everybody understands and knows um, the number one reason, I was on the mission field, the number one reason that people leave the ministry, uh, mission field, missionaries leave wherever they're at is relational conflict. Now being a pastor for 20 some odd years, I would say the number one reason people leave the church, relational conflict. So that is huge. Uh, And so we want to obviously step towards that in a in a healing way or a more constructive way, a gospel way, as opposed to a more uh, relationally wrecked, wrecking way. So I think one, we'll, we'll try to get into to some of the things that come across our table in terms of what are people sometimes thinking, what's a common issue that people, that people come up with and realize is going on in the church. I think maybe a good question to ask uh, is, does the Bible make a big deal of it? So... Again, you have to parse out. Like, is this is this a preference thing for me? Um, you, you know, it's it's joked about in the church world, but you know, it's like, um, am, am I? Is the color of the chairs that they just chose does that rise to the level of me leaving the church? I'm really upset about the color they chose. Okay, that's a preference. You're totally entitled. Everyone's gonna have their own preference. Right. Color of the walls or whatever what coffee you brew. Mm-hmm. Um, we could bring up actual real things like uh, sound, the sound of music. Correct. Do you like that movie or not? I'm right. just kidding. Um, <laughs> so the sound of music, what instruments are used, what are not used. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've got a problem with what we're doing with music. All right. I think a good invest in, investigative question is, does the Bible make a big deal about what I'm thinking? Yeah. You know, because if what I'm thinking is, electric guitars are from the devil and we should only have an organ or we should only have a piano or we should only have a guitar right whatever it is whatever it is right Mm -hmm. um it should be louder it should not be so loud it should be whatever you got to figure out okay does the bible back this up in some form or fashion yeah right something from from scripture doesn't mention electric guitar but your concept your idea does the bible make a big deal or not i think something's you know, it's like uh, a lot with going on in the past year. I mean, years, but year, especially with COVID. Yep. With race issues. Yep. This, I mean, this is where it can get real difficult. Yes, it can. I totally disagree with my church on how they've handled COVID. They've been way too aggressive or they've been way too... Um, lax. Lax or, or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, does this rise to the level of revealing an issue that the Bible thinks is a really big deal. Yeah. And then you, you know? move into race and uh, obviously our, our definitions of racism are, are uh, moving and shifting and changing and uh, it's hard to pin that down. So even when you're talking about, you know, real justice and real love and loving your neighbor and, and uh, what, uh, what constitutes enmity, which racism is a form of enmity, uh, are the new definitions of ethnicity are is that what racism is? And so you even have to parse what yeah. uh, these things are first in order to even 
come to grips with what people uh, understand them to be, what you understand them to be, what the scriptures say they are, and then making the decision to leave over things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yes, and this past year has given us many opportunities to feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. in so many ways. And so, again, uh, smoke uh, in a room, in your sense of the church that you're at, you're starting to feel it, you're starting to smell it, you're getting uncomfortable. You really need to keep pushing. There's got to be a fire somewhere. What is the fire? Quickly identify what your fire is that's producing all the smoke. And uh, again, you have a lot to work on. It could be the response of COVID. It could be uh, the response or the view or the way of seeing the world in terms of social justice and racism. Uh, It could be a personal, interpersonal relationship or conflict. I mean, it can be lots of things. Which really gets at, you know, as we're talking about this, and we, we, I, I had put this at the end of my notes, but it really gets at that the first step is really to uh, try to understand. You said it before we started recording, to seek to understand and to be understood is yes. what you said. Um, this really get, kind of gets at that, right? Like th- there's a thousand issues that can be big and small, and some that are small, you find out the Bible thinks is a huge deal, and some you think is a huge deal, and you find out that the Bible, I mean, you can't speaks doesn't speak to it at all so i love that analogy of that smoke right like okay i'd have to first investigate yeah the biggest mistake and I, i've seen people do this um seen people do it here at redeemer uh the church we work at here in waco the biggest mistake people make is they just you find out that they left a month after they left right no conversation, no seeking to understand, no seeking to be understood. Just like I thought there was fire and I assumed, or I thought there was smoke, I assumed everything was on fire and so I ran. Yep. And the reality is something could be on fire at your church or like your pants could be on fire, like you could be on fire, right? So you go <laughs> to talk to someone and you find out like, oh, they actually convinced me that it was my my shoes were on fire. Yeah. The smoke was coming from me. Yeah. Like I was seeing all of this wrong and actually it came down to the fact that I'm having serious marriage problems and I was chalking it up to, I thought the church made a bad decision with the paint color on the wall. And really that was all a smoke screen for what's going on in my life. That's so, so good, bro. Because I mean, that's why, I mean, it's, that's why gossip, slander, um, even like in the old Testament, false prophets were such a such a big deal and a commonality and we're all false prophets right we spin worlds that don't exist and and some of the most helpful and relationally restoring conversations are actually seeing oh my word i spun a world that doesn't exist yeah uh or there's a little truth in it but i made it and spun it into something that's not real and um and that's why it's so important if if you don't do that work uh, you got to honestly check yourself. If you don't go to seek to understand uh, the person you either have conflict with or the leadership of the church over something that you're starting to experience smoke and you don't seek to understand and seek to be understood yourself, like you want to be, you want to communicate, you want to be understood. If that doesn't happen, um, you can know you're not in a good place. Yeah. Um, and again, again, if, if the sermon last Sunday was God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy sister, you know, conversation needed, that's not what we're talking about. But if the conversation is how you've dealt with COVID or again, a a number one, like literally innumerable secondary kind of things, uh, seek to understand. Okay. Let's do this. I'll start just to give you a second to kind of think, let's try to think about what, 
what seem to be hot button topics that people are wrestling with actually to try to maybe speak to them a little bit. I know for me, one of the biggest things that I hear a lot is it'll usually be prefaced with like, I love the music or I love the worship, which typically, you know, we're talking about the music. I love the music, but I don't love the preaching. Um, sometimes that's a preference thing. Like you're, it's, it's, it may be just like, oh, he's not the most compelling communicator, which I would say like, okay, I mean, you might want to just knock like, I don't know, lower your standards of, you know, like it's, it's about hearing the word of God preached. Yeah. Obviously, it's always, you know, some people are more gifted than others, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes it is, I I don't feel like it's enough Bible. And and again, in one of our episodes, we talked about, I truly believe the pulpit drives the church. It it doesn't matter what is going on elsewhere. Whatever is being preached week in and week out will shape and drive everything. Without a doubt. Everything. It will will drive everything. So if what is being preached seems Bible light, it doesn't seem driven by the scriptures. It seems driven by maybe the ideas of the preacher and what he thinks should be preached on, what topics he should be preaching on, whatever it might be. It doesn't seem driven. It doesn't seem shaped by the scripture. Um, maybe maybe the preacher is always preaching through Matthew, but then like the actual sermon somehow just seems like, well, where's Matthew? Right. We're going through Matthew, but where is it? Right. It doesn't seem shaped by the scriptures. It didn't seem driven. Like there's just something obviously missing. I think I hear that a lot. Yeah. Or I, I say a lot. I think that's a common thing of just this unhappiness with the preaching. Most of the time it's not like, oh, he's boring. Most of right. the time it's like, I just want more Bible. I want more scripture. I want to be learning the scriptures more. I want to be driven into the Bible. Um, that was the, honestly, that was the first thing I wrote down when trying to take notes. That's a huge deal. The church may believe the Bible is the inspired inerrant word of God. They may check all those boxes. Um, but at the end of the day, if that pulpit is not opening up and unleashing the Bible, if there seems to be a major deficiency there, that is at, at the very least to put it very understated, that says smoke, thick, thick smoke. You've got to investigate. Without a and you've got to explore that and figure out, okay, are you seeing this wrong somehow? Um, but more than likely, I mean, probably not. The typical Christian, if you feel like I'm going in on Sundays and I'm coming out and I don't even need to bring my Bible. This was an issue for me at a church years and years ago that I had to painfully, like painfully leave. I got to the point where I realized I don't have to bring my Bible. The second the scripture is quoted, you know, it'll be like Isaiah 2 says, I don't even have time to go there in my Bible. It's the second we get on it, it's quoted and we're off it. Hmm. So it's very much like, uh, I felt like I was hearing more from the preacher and he would kind of salt and pepper some supporting references that who knows what they actually meant. Yeah. Right? So it's like, I don't really need to bring my Bible to church anymore. And that for me was a fundamental issue. Yeah. I mean, God speaks us back to life again and he speaks through his word and the preaching is an instrument. It's a, it's a mouthpiece by which God speaks us back to life again. So if the word is not being spoken, there's not much being spoken back to life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's we you can't overemphasize this enough. The the power of the person preaching comes from the scriptures. Mm-hmm. It comes from the words of God. Those are the verbal power. Uh, that's where God speaks us back to life again. So the preacher is an instrument 
of those words. And so if those words aren't flowing through that instrument, there is no power in that preaching event. There is no power in that teaching event. So yeah, that's a huge thing. Uh, there's also another aspect of this too, right? I know that um, there's that aspect, maybe the Bible is not even open, but then when the Bible is opened, uh, there's this sense of, uh, we kind of call it here around our circles, an over-churched feel. In other words, we're just, I leave exhausted, I, I leave anxious, I leave uh, discouraged, I leave depressed. Uh, there's there's a sense in which, and you're trying to, again, that smoke, right? You feel exhausted, you feel anxious, you feel um, like you need to try harder, uh, and you feel depleted and discouraged. You don't feel spoken back to life again, even though the words are being uh, unpacked right before your eyes and exposited right before your eyes, illustrated right before your eyes, yeah. applied right before your eyes, but you just feel like you are being crushed. Um, that's smoke you need to investigate. That's smoke that you need to say, what is the fire here? Is this what preaching is supposed to, is this the word of God is all about? Is it, is it all about um, me mm-hmm. and what I do or don't do? Is it all about my performance, my doing, my being? Um, is it all about uh, tapping into secret access points to the Holy Spirit, and, and here's how, secret access points or techniques or how-tos or saving the world or being like this character and not being like that character. Do you walk away absolutely um, sinking into yourself uh, no matter what part of the text is being opened up before you, whether you're in the Psalms or whether you're in Genesis or whether you're with Paul on one of his missionary journeys, it's somehow the line from the text goes immediately to me or immediately to the congregation and we get worn out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something you seriously you want to investigate. You want to chase down that smoke and find the fire. Like, what is happening here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be like we spent 19 weeks in Ephesians 2, verse 14, just one verse, you know? Yeah. So it's like the total opposite of, of not being real saturated in Scripture. But those 19 weeks seem to chisel away at your energy. Yeah. And um, you came with burdens, and you felt like you left with heavier ones somehow, and you're not sure what's going on. Uh, I think to to kind of add to the specificity of that, okay, what what seems to be going on? I, I would say it like this: in some form or fashion, every sermon or the the general uh, theme of the preaching of the church and teaching of the church is you. That's just what whatever it is about you. It's always coming back to and ending with and and really putting a heavy emphasis on you, like you know in some sense, you're coming to church to get the next tip from the Bible, the next secret from the Bible, the next application, application, principle principle from the Bible, the next whatever from the Bible, inspiration, packaged in a really compelling sermon to hype you up, you know, and, uh, and hopefully you're going to leave better and you're going to leave changed and you'll have a better week and you'll do better, you know? And so right now for some people, who haven't crashed yet, 
they're loving it. Right. Like they're riding high on that. And, uh, and man, they're also, they're going into their small group and they're the leader of that small group and they're, you know, trying to get their people in line too. And, but eventually, eventually that will crash. And so even if right now you're like, I don't feel exhausted, but that actually does describe the preaching. Okay. That's a huge red flag because we've, we've beat this thing to death, uh, that, that you're looking for the gospel. You're looking for the Bible being, being preached properly, which means the gospel's being preached, which yeah. is good news. So it's news. It's primarily not about what you've done, but someone outside of you. And it's good. Mm-hmm. It's not bad news. It's really good news. It's so important because that is the power. That's what we're told is the power of God for our salvation. Mm-hmm. So you're spoken back to life again through the power of someone and someone's work, uh, not you and your being and doing, but someone else's person and someone else's work, that that actually reaches the roots of your being and heals you and puts you back together again and speaks you back to life. Whether uh, you're hearing about Jesus and who he is for the first time and trusting him, or whether you've been around, you're a salty saint that's been around for 50, 60 years, uh, and you're wanting to grow in your Christian life. It is the, the gospel. Uh, it's good news, not what we've been talking about, good advice, that actually is the engine of the Bible, teaching, the Christian life, worship, small groups, leadership, mission, community, everything. Even for those churches that right now are really running hard for social justice. If the gospel's not the center, but social justice becomes the center, or some understanding of racism becomes the mission, uh, you've turned uh, good news, you've replaced good news with the law, and it might be a good law. Mm-hmm. But that's not the mission of the church, and that will actually crush people and be incredibly destructive in the life of that church. Yeah, so what's central? What's central? There's, there's, there are literally only two options to what is central to the preaching. What is the, the fundamental, climactic reality of the preaching? The law and the gospel are both going to be preached because the, the Bible is going to be preached. But what is central? Is it you or Jesus? There are literally only two options. Yep. It is... Um, and, and when I say you are Jesus, I mean, is it God's law, yeah. which is demanding from you, Yes, you, okay? And it's a good law and we need to hear it. Um, is that central? Is that the climax? Is that the point? Or is it Jesus? And what I mean by that is, is it Jesus fulfilling the law for you, dying for your sins, rising from the dead? Is it good news? Hey, yeah. good news. Your burdens have been taken care of. Uh, good news, you be anxious for nothing. This is incredibly important because today, right now, it seems like uh, that's not enough. It right. seems like we have to rally the church for social issues, political issues, uh, racial issues. That's what seems to be happening, as if the good news is not enough. Um, it seems that good news is being replaced by other good things, Again, uh, lying, not lying, is a good thing. Not being a liar is a good thing. But the, the ministry and the mission of the church is not to make non-liars. It's not to end lying. Um, the mission of the church is to proclaim Jesus and what he has done for liars and on behalf of liars. 
And hearing that message actually makes me, is the power that actually makes me lie less. Uh, And we can apply that with race. We can apply it with any other um, law, uh, human flourishing, loving one another reality. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've been deep in the trenches of a church that, that more than any church I've ever been to, experienced, or know about on planet Earth cares about reaching the lost with the gospel. And it's unbelievable. And I can say that um, in many ways, it, it, it was the central thing of the church. And therefore, this law, this go and do this was the central thing. And it was ringing people out where they had no motivation. They had no energy. They had no fuel to go because go was the good news to that church on a weekly basis. But going and doing missions is not the good news, right? We go do missions because we have the good news. Um, I just, I had a genius thought enter into my head that, that escaped me. And so um, <laughs> we'll have to suffer not having it. Um, so this can result in just a couple things. We can't possibly touch on every issue. This is, this is so core though. This is, I think what I was going to say from this podcast I listened to that I shared with you or the guy was talking about, you know, do you have a backbone? Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, I'm trying to find people with Christians with backbones. And it's like, we can disagree about predestination or whatever. I'm just trying to find people in this crazy culture we're in. Um, and he was talking a lot about the can- just cancel culture. He's like, I'm trying to find people with a backbone. If you have a backbone, I can roll with you. Mm-hmm. And I think that we can kind of apply that to this conversation a little bit. Rod, I don't know if you've ever heard this. Rod Rosenblatt. Um, uh, he, I love that dude. Okay, so he, he's got a deal. I would encourage... Uh, our listeners to go to. I might re-listen to it now that I've thought about the gospel for those broken by the church. Okay, that's what it's called. The gospel for those broken by the church. Google it, find it, listen to it. He basically is talking about this whole issue where people have been burnt and broken by the church because the church has centered on the law and not the gospel. And at one point, I mean, he has a great line where he basically says, listen, if I could only pick from churches that were going to major on the law, and week in and week out, only give me the law. He's like, I wouldn't go to church. I would not go to church. It would be better to not go to church than to go to church yep. because it's killing me, right? Um, that it, it is an incredible teaching, the gospel for those broken by the church. All right, a couple of thoughts, and then you can add in any more. Um, I think that that this is central. The pulpit drives the church. I think that when Christ is not the center, when good news... I think one thing people see, can see, uh, domineering autonomous leadership is a big red flag. Um, uh, Domineering, controlling leadership, again, which is really fueled by a law-centered ministry because they're trying to control everything and package everything and make it the way they want to make it. Um, That can be a really really bad thing in a church. That'd be another expression of of that kind of teaching, it will naturally reflect itself in the leadership, reflect itself in the community and the small groups. The small groups will have that feel, mm-hmm. you know, and you just feel like, man, that's a little too much in my business. That's a little too controlling of me, my relationships, uh, all in the name of accountability and all in the name of becoming yeah. holy, right? These accountability packs and these uh, accountability and these holiness movements can have that kind of over uh, reach of yeah. leaders and overreach of trying to control people, which is what the law does. Yeah. 
Yeah, just a sense that that's smoke. That's heavy smoke to really, really investigate when you're in a community. You're like, forget the preaching, whatever, uh, off that issue. But you're in a, a community or you like sense something from the pastors and the leaders that just feels like domineering and controlling. Yeah. We, it would take hours to really parse that out, right? Because you can have a, you can have a definition of, of domineering and controlling that's like, I don't know. Right. If you like not legit. <laughs> right. Right. Like if you have conviction over good news, not good advice. You're like, this guy preaches every Sunday. He's so controlling. It's like, no, that's his calling. You know, that's what yeah. I mean. Like you got to define that well. But I think that, I think that for some people they're in a, a setting where they know maybe yeah. they've had a, a meeting with the pastor before that was like, man, he was really rough and yeah. kind of, yeah. hurt my feelings or I felt like he didn't like listen to me at all or like have any empathy or understand or yeah. anything, you know, it was just this like over the top. Again, it's that seek to deal. understand, be understood. You want to have that kind of conversation in this process. Yeah, it's important. I think the other thing, and then I'm, I, I, I'll be done here. I think it's important to realize there's like three aspects to a church. There's the what to believe aspect. Uh, and that's important. We've talked about that. And then there's the what to do aspect. You know, around here we say things like we have a fixed theology and a flexible methodology. Okay, so the what to do, what the church does is more in the methodology and the church practice. Uh, but there's also uh, a how to see, how the church actually sees the world. And many times you might find yourself where you've come to grips with the the way the church sees the world, a theological vision or its, quote, philosophy of ministry that you are just at odds with. And you realize this is, whether it's stated, uh, here's the theological vision of the church, here's the philosophy of ministry of the church, this is the way the church sees the world, um, and you're at odds with it. Again, that that's good to realize. That's that's a That smoke, you found some smoke, and now you found what the fire is, is that, oh my word, I just... I see the world differently, and that's okay. And it might mean that that's time to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Uh, obviously, we could go through just a ton of stuff. Uh, we could go through a ton of stuff on how how a church may see the world differently, how that will actually come out in practicals. Um, you could have a church that sees things with COVID or with race totally different from you. But then somehow you kind of land in the same place, you know, on a Sunday morning of just preaching the Bible, preaching the gospel and whatever. That could also go a totally different direction. You see yeah. the world differently and that that turns out to be like every sermon on Sunday is somehow about COVID now. And you're yeah. like, what happened to the Bible? What happened to Jesus? You yeah. know, <laughs> um, I don't know if that's actually going on. I'm just kind of making up stuff. But uh, but again, that seeing the world, how it practically plays out. We couldn't possibly go through everything. I feel so deficient in this. We try to keep these around 30 minutes and I'm like, man, there's so much we could talk about. Yeah. But um, I think this is a great place to at least start with is the Bible being preached? Is good news being preached? Not good advice. Um, yes, the law should be preached, but is the law the central climactic thing that you're being delivered every week? Or is it Jesus and his work for you? Again, that investig- investigative question, does does the Bible make it a big deal? It's a great place to start. So uh, have one note on how to leave. If you're like, okay, I've listened to this podcast. It barely helped me. You guys are imbeciles. I've got to find something. I'll listen to someone else. Um, that is uh, that's a fair assessment. Uh, what should you do? This is what I would say. 
This is what I would say. Have a schedule a conversation with one of your pastors who is accessible to you. I know if you're at a mega church, talking to the guy who preaches on Sunday may not be realistic, just sheer, like he's not God. He doesn't have he can just be everywhere all the time. But if you're in an average sized church, you should be able to meet with a pastor. If there's a hundred people at your church and you can't meet with your pastor, find a church with a pastor you can meet with, you know? Correct. Um, I would say that go have a conversation with a pastor who's accessible to you. And there should be one, um, an elder and think through everything you're thinking, compile it. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's the smoke. Here's the tension. Here's where I think I might disagree. Make sure you're real clear and understanding that. And then go have a, a conversation. And you know what? Start on the side of assuming you're wrong. Start on the side. This is what I did when I left a church and it was brutal. And I met with tons of pastors at the church and all sorts of people. And I legitimately was trying to figure out if I was wrong. I was terrified that I would leave the church and find out I was wrong. So I was just testing my ideas and thoughts again and again and again. So start there. Start with, I th- at least in the back of your mind, you know what? I bet I'm wrong. I bet I'm wrong about this. And I bet I'm going to go have a quick meeting and the pastor's going to going to prove that I'm wrong. He's going to show me that it's my pants that are on fire, not the church. I would say that, and and I second what you're saying. So you're going in to seek to understand, to better understand the leadership, what, what the church is doing, what it believes, what it thinks, and you also want to be understood. Here's what I think. And then figure out where... Yeah, without a doubt. Where that's the chips great, fall. That's a great... If anything, that would be, that would be what we would both encourage... encourage you to do that is a great step forward that's a constructive healthy way of um at least pushing in the right direction because it could end just there it could resolve in that conversation and you're just like oh Uh, or it actually can confirm things and actually direct you in what your next steps are whether you do stay or whether you go um but i wholeheartedly uh encourage us to go in that direction yeah, fight for peace, fight mm-hmm. for unity. That's what we want, you know. Um, leave the uh, proverbial sword at home, you yeah. know, and fight for peace and unity. We're on the same team. We're friends. We're Christians. Right. We're not calling that stuff into question. We're just trying to figure out, can we do church and life together right. for a long time? I mean, obviously, um, you know, Mark and Paul parted ways and we're not even told uh, what they parted ways over. Um, but there is this sense in which we should be able to disagree and still be friends. The yeah. gospel allows us to disagree and still be friends. And even over areas that have nothing to do with the essential doctrines and teachings of the church, it it might be a way of seeing the world that's just, uh, it's not my it's not my emphasis. I see that that's your emphasis, and your emphasis with the gospel and that community is is this way, and this is how you see things, but that's just not mine. Uh, that's okay, but you can still be friends, and you either resolve to stay there and still work within that theological vision of that church, or it's time to move on and find a church that shares that theological vision that you think is absolutely essential for reaching and renewing as many people as possible with the gospel in Waco and beyond. All right. A lot more we could say, but the one thing I will say again is buy Jeff's book on Amazon, the gospel arc by Jeff Hatton uh, on Amazon now. And again, 
he doesn't know how he makes money off of it. He wrote it for you to bless you and serve you right now. He's cracking up behind the mic. He does this thing where he laughs behind the mic, but he doesn't want you to know, but he is. Um, All right. Until next time, peace.